Vertex, Vertex's fight promotion out in uh, in Bangkok. Uh, the official ruling was a TKO because they stopped the fight in the third round. Ty suffered a cut over her left eye, Fuck. so the doctor stopped it. But Ty's a fucking savage going in there. Was chasing the action. She's a Muay Mat style fighter, so she likes the heavy hand combinations, mm-hmm. finishing and strong kicks. But she went up against a very smart fighter in Pancake and uh, just got cut over her eye. I'm sorry, what's her name? It bled a lot. It bled a lot. Pancake. (laughs) You heard me. (laughs) You heard me, (laughs) fool. Okay, so let me get this straight. So her name is Pancake. I mean, I've heard crazier names on the guys, too, like Batman. What's another one? Uh, You probably heard Ferrari. Ferrari, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you're a Bay Area head, there's a Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coke. Yeah. Spelled exactly one. the way you think it's spelled. You know, stamp. It's mm-hmm. Stamp. That's not. That's not a traditional Thai name <laughs> or an English name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love these names. Gotta love these names. What would be your uh? My Thai. Be your uh your Thai nickname. You have to choose like a. Uh, like a a soda beverage. You gotta okay, choose like okay. a, or a candy or a candy. Like, okay. Or a, yeah. <laughs> what about How about M and M M and M What about Haichu Varay? Haichu, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. Haichu's there. Yeah. All right. What about you, dude? Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> Skittles. Do you like the own. yellow Skittles? No. God damn it, Carlo. Those are like the best ones. I like the purple stuff. I want the purple stuff. Give me that purple stuff. I agree. (laughs) Well, shout out to Ty, man. Fuck, that's crazy, man. I wonder how she got cut, though. She's savage. I'm sorry, what? How'd she get cut? Like, was it like an elbow or something? It's an elbow, yeah. Usually usually in these pro fights, that's typically, especially in Muay Thai, that's usually how it happens. Right, right above the eyebrow, your skin is very thin, folks. So that's where a lot of cuts can happen. Uh, so be careful with that, please. Yeah. Here is something I was thinking about sure. was walking around the other day. So, so let's say, for example, Sean, that you're winning a three-round MMA fight or okay. five-round MMA fight, whatever. Let's say you're just, you're just utterly dominant. So it's the last minute of the last round. What? Let's say you get in trouble... Like your opponent is threatening a submission. Which submission would you rather try to defend against in that last minute, knowing that you're winning? Like okay. A heel hook, a rear naked choke, or an arm bar? Oh, man. Those are all fucked positions, too. I think uh, for me, I've had pretty good experience in protecting my neck. So I'm going to say the rear naked choke. Okay. So let me, let me add a twist to that. Okay. So it is an MMA fight. 
so rear naked choke means they're behind you <laughs> they've got back yeah. control so while not only are you just defending the choke they're throwing punches at you from behind as well does that change your your choice in that matter no no Mm-mm. no really no really interesting i feel like with so all that potential cte from taking like big shots from behind you're okay with that well you're gonna take shots i mean i'm no not saying what. you're okay with that you're gonna take shots I'm, no matter I'm, what. okay finish your shot and i'm gonna push back on that okay so you're gonna take shots anyway if you're stuck in an arm bar you're probably getting hammer fisted which is probably pretty hard and then if you're going in on a heel hook i've seen many cases where the guy just starts raining shots like straight shots at least if it's the uh straight shots from the person defending not the person applying the heel hook right yes correct what yeah you're so so you're in the leg and from the cross leg entanglement position You're saying the person who's been who's working to apply the heel hook is the one you saw that was raining like no 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 other way around heavy punches no 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 other way no, around that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's what I'm saying so like the person so you're saying the person defending the heel hook the heel hook yeah he's is the throwing, one that's in a better position to throwing punches I think so because I've you know there's I've seen okay some cases. see that's why that see that's why I disagree with you that's why I'm saying that if if, if me. I would rather defend against the heel hook because let's because in a leg entanglement position, neither person is in a great position to throw punches in the first place. True. Whereas if I'm defending against like a rear naked choke, I've got to defend against the guy also pummeling me in the back of the head, possibly hitting me in the temple. Can so I bring up a? That's, can I bring that's up a my case? take on that. Do you remember? When, right. Do you remember when Gary Tonin went for the for those heel hooks and stuff, and he just got fucking hammered? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. It's like, oh man, like every time I see that fighter, every time I saw like Elia Topuria uh pounding out Ryan Hall after he tried to do some Iminari roll, that that shit doesn't look good to me. So so but you you would still go with defending the rear so naked. So seeing choke. all that, knowing all that, so you, you would still rather defend the rear naked choke is I that just so. because of the fear of what a heel hook can do long term whereas with the rear naked choke you just maybe pass out possibly yeah i think so and you know sometimes he's he's looping punches when 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 like they're behind they're they're pretty much not getting any full extension aside from like i don't know maybe hitting you at the back of the head or something like that but there's always a threat of of i'm more scared of like the straight shots rather than the than the loopers because I well on the ground, I feel it's the looping shots that are more dangerous. I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's just I feel. Man. Yeah, Every, I mean, everyone. Man has a different look on it. Hey, you, you teammates of Sean's, go heel hook, uh, <laughs> Sean. It's a fucking like, show. Start punching me in the face, guys. Come chance. on. Yeah. Well, no punches, but just show he's better chance of defending the hook <laughs> than the rear naked choke. Come on, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna convert you. Now, well, listen. Okay thousands of ways more than one way to skin a cat you're allowed to think what you think i guess yeah. this is one of those things we could completely completely disagree on <laughs> i'm glad we um, can disagree on that <laughs> yeah, yeah thankfully thankfully okay oh just a heads up guys uh, you know we usually cover a bunch of, mostly mma but we do also talk about like things that were on the schedule for any professional grappling, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and even boxing. Uh, did you know that 
Uh, Shakur Stevenson was fighting tonight in Vegas. I, I heard that on a different podcast, but man, I didn't know it was tonight, tonight. Like, yeah, tonight? he's fighting Edwin De Los Santos good uh, for uh, a title. Um, uh, the results were that Shakur Stevenson, uh, I guess he's now a three division champ because it was ruled a majority draw. Apparently, the first few minutes of, uh, or the first few minutes, excuse me, the first, the the opening rounds were just really, uh, how, how do you say this gently, uh, uninspiring. Apparently, it was no. not a great, a great showing by Shakur Stevenson. He was he was definitely controlling the fight. People said, but just not exciting. Uh, Unfortunately, if Shakur Stevenson wants to chase those big fights against a potential, uh, those big potential fights like against uh, of Tank Davis or um, or whatnot, you know, he's you've got to show that you could be exciting as well. So hopefully, people don't hold this too much against him. But it doesn't. It didn't look like it did great things for his uh, future pay per view prospects. So, so yeah, so we want to make sure you guys are up to date on things that are going on in the boxing world. Uh, in other words, you know, in other news, we talk about karate combat sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we know that ex-UFC champ Lyoto Machida is involved with karate combat, <laughs> more as like as, as an ambassador. Yeah. He's 45 years old. He was asked recently if he would be interested in competing in a karate combat match. He's, he's expressed interest. He said, you know, the deal's got to be good. It, it seemed like a wishy-washy answer. I mean, I'm pretty sure he stays in shape. But at 45 years old, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, that's not something that's at the top of his list. Yeah. But let me ask you, Sean, if Lyoto Machida took a karate combat match, does that move the needle at all for karate combat? Does bring in new eye eyeballs to the screen to watch a karate combat show i think so uh at 45 years old you know like he's you know loto hasn't been in the spotlight for a while yeah i mean i noticed that anytime they got gsp commentating or if they have another ufc fight i think it just brings the mma eyes to that so it's like if Lyoto goes in there and the other the other week, if you didn't know, that guy was drinking his fucking piss on freaking camera over there. Did you see that? Yeah. Like he, he got that practice from fuck? his dad. Oh, this is weird. Like Juan Manuel Manuel Marquez, a, a very uh, like a Hall of Fame Mexican boxer is known for doing the same thing. It's just fuck. I, I don't I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I, I like to think the science is still out on the benefits of doing such a thing. But. Did you see that though? Like he he was on camera with I think maybe the Why CEO. Why put it back in? Why are you trying to put it back in? <laughs> yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit on the strange stuff. Hey, anybody listening to this, if you ever tried that, let us know what, what, <laughs> what that. What's the story? What's wrong with you? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Are you okay? Judge, sorry, Sean. We're not trying to judge you. Uh, just tell us why and like how did that start and what kind of help can we send your way it's like hey uh, i'm sorry i don't mean that i'm trying not to judge it's like why don't you go drink your piss it's like fuck i don't know about that man that's weird i i'm not i'm not i don't know if i care enough about my health to do that (laughs) even if it was like proven that like yo this will add five years to your life i don't know if i care enough about living that long to do that as a daily habit what if people just started drinking what if people just started drinking semen 
What would be the uh, health, <laughs> the health benefits of that? I don't know. I mean, what's the health boost? benefits of like drinking boost. piss, dude? It's like, come on, man. Oh, I, oh, you're making an analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's very weird. Yeah, I so dude, <laughs> I don't know. So hey, uh, apparently, you know, the ultimate cheetah, a UFC, former UFC champion, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, you know, an all-time <laughs> boxing great. That's two people <laughs> out of out of a sport that had that's had thousands upon thousands of people. <laughs> so it's not zero. <laughs> so maybe there's something to it. <laughs> that's how many hilarious. People, let me see. So like, you know, you and I are in the jujitsu world. How many jujitsu heads would absolutely start following suit if it turned out that Gordon Ryan, who's like today's all-time best grappler, who is revealed that he drinks his morning piss. Do you a bunch of not just any piss the morning piss yeah it's got to be the morning piss it's got to be the morning piss like don't you think don't you kind of feel like in a way that like kind of jujitsu culture has kind of gotten to that point where like if gordon ryan did do something like that you would hear about a bunch of like (laughs) jujitsu hobbyists like adding that to their daily practice I mean, does that Which guy really goddamn shame? Does that guy really have gray hair, or is that dyed? I don't know. I I kind of feel it's a side effect of like his health uh, situation that he's been dealing with. I hope he's not listening to. This. I really hope he's listening to this. But no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't but give a shit about it, bro. <laughs> Say whatever you want. <laughs> but that's what you know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he's he wears those kind of outlandish rash guard outfits and stuff and no, no, no but let me ask you like so if it turned out he was drinking piss how many <laughs> of your teammates would do the same thing Sean? i mean we're gonna have to buy some fucking piss <laughs> i'm gonna have to start buying some piss wait what do you mean buy piss like i want his piss i want his piss you want to drink his piss oh my god jesus christ <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, so where is this Ryan, going? Even though you're not listening, you <laughs> are listening. Apparently, uh, this whole jujitsu jujitsu shit doesn't work out. You can sell your, <laughs> sell piss. your gorilla. You've piss. got like a ready. You could. <laughs> you've got a ready market of your jujitsu fanboys ready to slurp slurp away. Just stick a uh, label. Sean, on can it. we talk about? Can, can we talk about UFC 295 yeah, yeah, last yeah. weekend? Let's get off of this shit. Oh, wait, before we do that, no, this is a hell of a like pivot, but uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on this weekend with some of our friends. Uh, oh, yeah. At Pacific Sports, one of the fighters there, Arian, is fighting in Stockton at uh, the All Out Promotions. He's fighting for a title. Uh, so good luck, Arian. Uh, good luck uh, to Coach Robert out there and to the entire crew and fam at Fit Pacific Ring Sports. And also good luck to uh, Punta Rica Powell, uh, also known as Samo, a local Bay Area fighter fighting out of California Martial Athletics with yeah. Coach Dave and Coach Joe. Uh, she's in Thailand right now. She's been training at the Fairtex Center and she'll be fighting, making her pro debut <clears throat> this Friday at the... Uh, in Fair Texas fight promotion, you could watch that on their YouTube channel and also on their Facebook Live. So a lot of our friends doing some some great shit, and we're nice. we're proud of y'all. So good luck, everybody. So how about that for a pivot? If you talk about uh, drinking piss, we shout out some of our friends that we really care about in their fight career, yeah. and now we're going to talk about UFC 295 from last weekend. <laughs> Can I give a shout out to everyone that competed at the Jiu Jitsu World League, also? 
over the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's, shit, that's right. Sorry. Before we talk about 295, <laughs> yeah. tell us how your team did. Shit. Sorry, buddy. No, that's Tell us good. how your team did at Jiu-Jitsu World League, bro. Dude, they all did good. Uh, I have one of my main training partners, uh, Ron. He took gold in his old man division or our old man division uh, in purple hey, belt. Congratulations, so gold. Congrats, old. congrats to old Ron. Gold. Congrats to all the guys, man. Like we, uh, everyone pretty much meddled except for some of the higher level guys because, you know, it's getting tougher out there. And uh, the team took third place overall. So, hey, congratulations to Magalit Jiu-Jitsu. Is it Magalit Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Magalit Jiu-Jitsu. I just say Jiu-Jitsu. For some reason, every time I call it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it just it's too much of a mouthful, you know. And you know that Sean doesn't like putting a lot in his mouth, guys. Uh, Except for Gordon Ryan's No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck. It's not, I'm not going to let this one go. No, no, this will be a new t-shirt, guys. Watch out for it. Uh, <laughs> made boogers come out my nose right to, there. <laughs> congratulations to you, your, to you and your teammate, Sean. And oh, yeah, know, Coach Rocky, too, uh, man. He you're took silver. Be, I'm sorry, what? Or Coach Rocky from uh, Golden Piece of Muay Thai. I think he took silver in his division. So good oh, for right, him. Oh, yeah, because he's also Coach a teammate Rocky. over yours at yeah, yeah. Megalit uh, mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. All right, so all right, so now we're moving on from. Uh, okay, we shouted out all our friends. We talked enough about piss drinking. <laughs> all right, okay, now let's talk about UFC two ninety five. Shit. Uh, main event was light heavyweight. Was for the light heavyweight title. Uh, Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. I'm gonna take a big fat shut up white belt for this one. I picked Prohaska, and for. I thought for a little bit I was looking kind of like a genius because I thought Perasco was doing great. And then Pereira gets the uh, the TKO <laughs> in the second round <laughs> with like in like in like a really great counter where Yuri threw kind of a short overhand a little bit carelessly. Yeah, Pereira came underneath with a little uppercut and then dropped him with the left hook and then pounded him out while Yuri was trying to kind of hold on to a kind of a double leg and then eventually Yuri's body just kind of went limped and he kind of pulled Pereira on top where Pereira ended up on the mouth and that's when Mark Goddard the referee came in and and saved Yuri uh, what'd you think of that entire fight John like a, that was a performance of the night performance for Pereira yeah I felt like uh Prosca had the idea you know he was kind of backing up Pereira which was probably the game plan anyway but you know, Alex Pereira is just one. He's been more active. Two, like he's got crazy power. Three, he's huge. Uh, Yuri just mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, ready for the the onslaught of strikes. You know, Yuri was got in on a couple. Th- I think he took him down the first round for a little bit. And uh, Alex mm-hmm. Pereira, I mean, God, how impressive is that for him to get up off the off his back? And you know, I still think that he goes up against someone with a little bit better grappling, it might be a different story. And if they can get to him, whereas I think last week we were talking about it, where if Yuri could get to him, what was he going to be able to do? And unfortunately, you know, he, he took a bunch of elbows to the, to the side of the head. And that's ultimately what led to his, you know, demise. But I mean, Alex Pereira being who he is and how many fights he's had in the UFC and being a double champ, I mean, two division champ in two different sports. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, two division, 
two division champ in glory kickboxing, a two division champ in UFC. I mean, and this was only his seventh UFC fight. I mean, geez. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, that, that is crazy. And Pardero is like, he's 36 too. So he's getting it in now while he can. Uh, so who's next for Pardero? I mean, I think all Jamal Hill, right? Is Jamal, Jamal Hill. Like, how much longer does Jamal Hill, like uh, the former champ, how much longer before he's healed from his injury? You know, this is almost like a perfect storm for Pereira because the people he's going to have to fight are—they're all coming off injury, and they're all probably coming off a long, kind of a long layoff. So, uh, I mean, I don't honestly see Jamal Hill beating Alex Pereira. I don't think he's going to be able to get any closer to him than a year he did. So. Um, that's probably the fight to make, but should that not happen? And, you know, Alex Pereira is ready to go. He's only fought like two rounds. So I, I'm thinking, but I got to tell those weren't easy rounds though. No, I, no. I really feel like for Hoska, like really tried to put it on him and it was, it was turning into an exciting fight. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that Pereira, I mean, it's unfortunate that Prohaska couldn't, take him down and keep him there because that would, that would have been a pretty uh, crazy thing to see, see how, how long it takes to get up off his back. But if I had to guess if anyone was going to fight uh, Pereira, I think it was probably, it'll probably be the winner of the Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker fight that was not, uh, announced uh, pretty mm-hmm. recently. I mean, I would watch uh, Pereira versus Johnny Walker. That'd be pretty fun. That'll be a fun fight. Ankalaya versus Predator would be very interesting because Ankalaya could argue with you. He, uh, he he might have it in and be able to control Predator for like three rounds. And I mean, in terms of Predator's fighting style, a really strong grappler might be what his bugaboo is. Uh, the co-main event was the interim heavyweight title championship between Pavlovich and Aspinall. I got to eat a white belt for this one as well because mm-hmm. I picked Pavlovich. And again, the beginning of the fight, Sean, I was looking pretty smart. Pavlovich looked like he was putting on Aspinall, but it looked like Aspinall had set his feet in one spot, was just going to move his head because he still wanted to remain in punching range. And it paid off as he gets the KO uh, and knocks Pavlovich down practically dead. Um like god damn i just like I, I can't believe i went oh and two with the main <laughs> events <laughs> i mean dude tom aspinall i mean he kind of said it later on that you know he didn't really train for this fight which is, makes it even more yeah, impressive he hurt his back yeah, yeah he hurt his back you know he looked like he was in shape like his you know his body type was actually pretty slim for for what it was worth and he was moving really fast so if that's him on a bad back imagine what hundred percent Tom Aspinall looks like. So my question is this, who does Tom Aspinall get next? And does it affect, does that, does the whole, um, Stipe and Jones fight kind of affect what's going to happen next with Tom Aspinall? God, I mean, it's just like, if I'm thinking about what's interesting as a fan mm-hmm. and what, what will make money, sometimes those two things aren't, they're not congruent to each other sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I were to be like a real dick about it, I'd be like, okay, to make sure that people are still interested in John Jones versus Stipe. Okay. Because like what John Jones got what another, maybe seven months before he's like 
cleared to be able to fight because yeah. of healing of a torn pec. Yeah. I would give, <laughs> you're, you'll laugh at me. You'll fucking hella laugh at me, Sean. But I would say, okay, go give Stipe to Tom Aspinall and John Jones fights the winner when he comes back. Oh, shit. I don't know but if here's Stipe the thing. wants I that. I bet you Stipe would, no, Stipe would not want that because it would be kind of a, in terms of money-wise, and legacy wise, it's kind of lose lose. Step back. Because right? Stipe is the big name. You know, Stipe is the big name with that, right? Yeah. Um, and like he would be the one lifting Aspinall's profile. So uh just just as a fan, I would still want to see like John Jones versus Ipe, but because now you have this interim heavyweight title fight, you need to unify the titles. Yeah. So do you want Aspinall to wait till John? Hmm. No, I would put Cyril Gon versus Jailton Almeida as an eliminator. Put him put the winner against Tom Aspinall. And, okay, uh, so Almeida versus uh Cyril. Okay, so Gon Almeida winner fights for the title, the interim title. Yeah, and then they unify and after that. that Oh, and Jones is healthy. Yep. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. You you you're saying something, and you talk, and then you can cut out. I want to make sure you got your point across because I didn't. No, no, I didn't no, hear no, what you was just it. said. Yeah. That was it. I didn't even oh, say didn't. anything. No. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. I, I thought you. I thought I saw your mouth moving in the camera. No, no. And then like, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh. So so okay. All right. So Almeida versus Cyril gone. Yeah. And then the winner gets Aspinall. Yep, for interim. And then that would for for is but is that weird? It's just like like they're they're also like like interim should be five four once. I feel agreed. And so then it's just like you know if interim is being fought for for a second time, god damn that really devalues that division like that. <laughs> I, I agree. Fuck, that's a hard. That's a hard. That's man. Well, okay. We'll put that aside. Where does Sergey Pavlovich go from here? This guy was—he was before this. He was like on a what a six-fight winning streak. I feel like Pavlovich has to fight Stipe. <laughs> and you know, Stipe won't do that. He's not going to do that. Yeah, it's, no. it's, everything I said, but with Stipe with Osmal, it also applies to Pavlovich. Yeah, you know. So, um, so okay. Well. We'll see. It's it's a tough situation because you know essentially, even though all right, you did the the interim title. Really, everyone's still waiting for John Jones. Yeah, he's the money. He's the so, money fight. He's the big fight. He's the big name. He's still the best. Um, cocaine or not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about the uh, the women's strawweight fight on this one? You kind of called it, Sean. Uh, Jessica Andrade oh, yeah. gets the the TKO against Mackenzie Dern in the second round and gets a performance of the night bonus. You were the one who pointed out that you know Mackenzie, you were going to be very suspicious of what Mackenzie's striking would look like, especially since she left Team Ruka, and you kind of called it because even though she looked fast in the middle of the firefight and the exchanges in the punching exchanges, she looked awkward. Yeah. When she was just punching by herself and Jessica Andrade was letting her fire off, uh, she looked good. But then once 
Jessica returned fire. Mackenzie did not look great. I thought it was no. an interesting strategy by Jessica. I, I feel like all she did was want to defend against any kind of clinching or takedowns and was just willing to eat any of Mackenzie's punches just so that Jessica can pose her power punches, which is a risky proposition because yeah. Mackenzie Dern could put people away. It's small gloves. I agree. And I think Jessica probably knew that Mackenzie didn't have much power anyway. That's why she was eating so many. But, uh, mm. you know, Mackenzie just, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jason Perillo at Ruka would have seen the awkwardness in her striking, would have tried to correct it at some point. Or she wouldn't have, if she was under Perillo, I think she probably wouldn't have been striking like that. I've seen her striking much better in the past while she was with Perillo, but. You know, she was throwing literally all punches and didn't throw any kicks, didn't throw like any elbows, none of that. All she was doing was were wailing. You, were, were you inside crying a little bit as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, seeing that Mackenzie Dern's takedowns were not so great? No, because remember <laughs> what I said also? Her wrestling was never good anyway, either. You know, like it's one thing to be good at jiu-jitsu, but if you can't take... uh if you can't take her down, that's, that's just not, it's not good. Oh, sorry. Hey buddy. Sorry. Um, let me, I don't know what happened there, but are you completely cut out? That's okay. Uh, I think I, I think it's about whether or not you were like sad, sad about Mackenzie. there not being able to get great takedowns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she honestly, her takedowns were terrible. Like they shot from super far, but again, Jessica Andrade, she was a former champion. This is probably the better weight class for her anyway. Uh, her, you know, she she can only go up at this point. Dude, Benoit Saint Denis, like I will, I didn't know much about him, but this fight put me on game with that guy. Oh, yeah. He looked fucking good against Matt Frivola. Amazing, kind of standing clinch a little bit, and then. Right when Travolo tried to separate the clinch, Benoit Saint Denis lands a head kick to put him away, and Benoit Saint Denis looked just composed and well rounded. I mean, at lightweight, this guy be, might be one of those guys that may be coming up next. What do you think? I mean, at lightweight, probably the deepest division in in the UFC right now. He looks pretty damn good. Matt Frivola was a good test for him. I think um, I think he's ready for like a top fifteen guy. All right. Let's see what that. What other fights did you think were of note? Well, I mean, dude, the, the main card literally only lasted, I think, a total of like 21 minutes total fight time or something like that. Yeah, there were a lot of finishes. Yeah. Diego Lopez is, you know, he fucking smashed Pat Sabatini. Um, I'm wondering if now people are going to start getting that haircut of uh, Diego Lopez. And um, yeah, how would you describe Diego Lopez's haircut? It's kind of like a. A full-headed comb-over. Yeah. Like, comb-over for a person who's not bald. It's yeah, like yeah, if yeah. a non-bald person decided mm -hmm. to, like, shave their sides, but then do a comb-over thing. Maybe, like, a <laughs> you call it, like, an emo quaff or something like that? Emo quaff. Yeah. Uh, pretty good I term. Like that, I like dude. that, All right. Like okay. It. All right. Any yeah. other fight you wanted to point out? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, 
you know, a lot of the Ray Longo guys, I think Ray Longo went Owen like three or Owen four or something like that, unfortunately. Yeah, like, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Frivola was one of his guys. Frivola, Nazim, Sajikov, he lost also. Oh, it was a majority draw. What the fuck? And then, uh, Dennis Bazuki, the first fight gets fucking smashed in like 49 seconds. Good Lord. Yeah. That's a welcome to the big show kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. That was UFC 295 from last weekend. Also last weekend, uh, one Friday fights 40. Um, it's good in, fights, uh, man. Bangkok. There was some great Muay Thai. There was also a, a couple of MMA fights. Again, not too many complicated names. So I won't <laughs> go through that because it's not as funny when I can clearly pronounce these names but make sure you guys check that out uh there is some some big action this weekend sean i was hope i was wondering if you'd be okay if we started with previewing bellator oh, yeah. 301 totally because i want to celebrate this is a good event i mean I, it's a good event and i want to celebrate that it's still actually going to happen because, <laughs> because again there was the that news that um that Showtime was moving away from their combat sports or from sports in general. Yeah. But this event will be uh, streamed on Show Sports. I believe that's Showtime's uh, streaming platform. Mm. Uh, Bantamweight World Championship between Sergio Pettis, reigning champion, against Patchy Mix. Okay, so just as a reminder, Sergio Pettis, 23 and 5, Patchy Mix, 8 and 1. Uh, who do you got for this one, Sean? This one, it's like Sergio Pettis always proves me wrong. I, every time I pick against him, this guy, I always think he kind of overperforms, if I could be quite honest. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Sergio Pettis, I mean, he's doing really good out here in Bellator. So, you know, I can't really bet against him, but the Apache mix, much longer, much taller fighter. Um, I don't know. I think he also has a lot more uh, training partners. I think he, he kind of jumps around a lot. So he's probably getting a bunch I of looks. I feel Patchy has more in the bag in Agreed. terms of certain tools. I agree. And uh, you know, Patchy's submission attempts and his, his submissions are much better than Sergio's. And, you know, I think Sergio being more of a natural bantamweight and Patchy kind of being a longer, uh, taller bantamweight, I think that's going to come into play with range. But I think look for Sergio to use his kicks this time. Uh, Patchy Mix is really good at his grappling, so he'll probably be looking to catch those kicks. And I think Patchy Mix takes, I think he probably takes a uh, decision. Oh, decision. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you, so do, do you think the key for Sergio Pettis then is to make sure it turns into like don't chase the finish kind of turn into like a, uh, a point fight in the yeah. sense like score a hit here score a hit there don't let patchy mix tie me up against the fence totally 100 percent. i think uh sergio's boxing probably has to be on point use that jab man and start using those uh those feints try to get patchy mix off uh, off his uh, rhythm really early on. I think that'll probably, because I mean, I have a feeling Sergio's probably going to be a little bit faster, uh, him being a, a more, more, more a smaller guy. And, you know, Patchy Mix, he likes to throw kicks too. But I think uh, Sergio Pettis, I think his, his secret is going to be behind his jab and using those leg kicks. What do you think about the lightweight World Grand Prix match between Patricio Pitbull and Alexander Shab Shabley. Woo, that was close. Hmm. Shabley. <laughs> A lot of experience in this uh, in this cage here. 
uh, Patricky coming in there with 25 and 11 record. Alexander coming in there with a 24 and 3. Alexander is going to have the 2 inch height advantage. Again, this is going to be fought at 155, folks. Uh, Patricky Pitbull is just always scary to me. Yeah. Uh, because of the power and just kind of the all over explosiveness. What is the path of victory for both of these fighters, you think? You know, Patricky's always been that super aggressive, uh, super aggressive, uh, aggressive strikes. And then when he gets down to the ground, you know, it's, it's sometimes you, more than more times than not, it's usually lights out. But for some reason, Alexander Shabley, uh, he's, I mean, I saw him during the weigh-ins. They look pretty chummy. Uh, they were, they look like they were having a good time, but, this dude kind of scares me, man. I mean, I, I have a feeling that he's going like to shock the world. He's always too friendly. It's just like, yeah. oh, it's almost like he knows something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with Alexander Shabley. I'm going to go with P- Patricky because that, that guy always proves me wrong. Sometimes, again, I, I've I've eaten a white belt before for choosing fighters on the same basis. But that little bit of unpredictability and explosiveness, I still think he has it in him to turn fights around for him so i'm gonna go with pitbull on this nice and of course we got to talk about the welterweight world championship the current champion yaroslav amosov will be defending against jason jackson uh amosov 27 and 0 sean (laughs) undefeated jason jackson jason jackson excuse me 16 and 4 but jason jackson is going to come in here with a three inch height advantage uh, what do you think about this fight and how it might unfold? You know, Jason Jackson, you know, he's, he's made a little bit of noise recently, but uh, I just think Yaroslav is going to be just a little bit too much for him. Uh, usually, yeah, you yeah. know, like this, this dude's a Russian. Usually when the Russians uh, are he's the Ukrainian, champion, by the way, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Ukrainian uh, Amosov is undefeated. Uh, He's got a ton of experience. He's got more fights than Jason Jackson. Anyway, I think he walks, I think he mops the floor with him first round. First round. Like it's not even close. Not even close. I mean, you might have something that, that have something there, but if you're going to be Jason Jackson, you use that height yeah. to kind of control, but sometimes you're in there and the bright lights are on kind of throws out like a bunch of, uh, a bunch of like the game plan. Today, an old favorite of ours is part of the lightweight feature about AJ McKee uh, fighting Sydney Outlaw. AJ McKee twenty and one. Yep. Sydney Outlaw seventeen and five. AJ McKee will have the two inch reach advantage. Uh, AJ McKee normally fights at one forty five, but mm-hmm. this will be uh, fought at at, at lightweight one fifty five. Uh, let's see how what AJ does in terms of like fighting up there. What do you think, Sean? You know, ever since he did move up, I, I feel like his power hasn't really translated. Uh, I agree well with that. To, I agree with that. Um, to lightweight, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be counting on uh, his wrestling and probably his jujitsu to get this one done. Now, Sydney Outlaw's got a ton of power. Uh, he does throw a little too hard, where he gets a little imbalanced. But I feel mm-hmm. like AJ McKee, you know, him being a former champion and having that much exp- well, you know what? Sydney Allah has more fights than he does, but I think AJ McKee just has uh fights against better opposition, so I think uh, you kind know he's like going to have more looks. Being used to being in the spotlight, there's, yeah. there's something to be said about the value of that. I mean, he, uh, yeah, he wore the- like a he wore a Gucci, I think it was a Gucci uh kind of ski mask 
at the way. I thought you were about to say something about he wore his gooch out (laughs) on the way. His gooch was hanging out during the way. He's swinging his gooch into everybody's face. Uh, And as we pivot unawkwardly to the prelims, (laughs) one of the uh, featured fights on the prelims, women's flyweight about the return of Carrie Taylor. Let's go. uh, Melendez. Who's the poor Um, girl? For a while, uh, Bellator is building her up her up to be kind of their next big star but she hasn't been active in a while um yeah uh sabrier sangul uh sabrier sangul is zero and one whereas carrie and <laughs> carrie melendez is five and oh in mma so i think you could see where bellator is going with this <laughs> i mean this the, the what's this girl uh sabri sangul she's from turkey mm, we know who's gonna win that fight there's also another that, uh, uh, woman fight too. That uh, Bellator is going to Bellator. <laughs> Bellator is going to Bellator. There's also that uh, I don't know if this is strawweight. Fuck, Sumiko Inaba versus Denise Keyholtz. I think Keyholtz being, I think she was. Was she former? This champion? is going to be at flyweight. Yeah. Was she former champion? I don't know. I forget. Denise Keyholtz. I forget. She's fighting Sumiko Inaba. Yeah, Sumiko Inaba from Hawaii. Amazing prospect. She was also featured on Bellator's Instagram. Take a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that because that's what matters. <laughs> Guys, that is this weekend of Bellator 301. Please check it out. Hit us up on our social media. Let us know who you are picking in these fights, what you're looking forward to, and whether you think our takes are hot shit or bullshit. Hot shit or bullshit. <laughs> please, like please call us hot shit. Uh, also, this weekend is UFC Fight Night taking place in Las Vegas at the UFC Apex. Uh, it's going to be headlined by a middleweight fight between Brendan Allen and Paul Craig. Uh, Brendan Allen currently ranked number 10 in the middleweight division. Paul Craig, number 13. What do you think? Sean Paul Craig showing out finally. Uh, we'll see, man. I feel like Paul Craig's striking hasn't really been uh, that good. I mean, even when he was a light heavyweight, he kind of heavily depended on his uh, his submissions, which he's pulled off after getting his ass beat for like a full like five minutes. Uh, Brendan Allen, you know, his only f- losses have been to key people like Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. I mean, that's not bad considering, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's had so many fights already in the UFC. I feel like Brendan Allen probably has better striking than Paul Craig. Paul Craig, you know, he tends to bleed a lot. And, you know, when he doesn't land his strikes, he resorts to shooting from far away. Brendan Allen, I think he's going to be able to uh, negate a lot of Paul Craig's uh, takedowns and his submission attempts. So I'm going to give it to Brendan Allen. I think he finishes him within two. Yeah, Paul Craig's takedown accuracy is only at 23%. Not good. Um, and look, now both of these fighters are coming off of a win. So I didn't mean to open this segment by like talking shit about Paul Craig in the <laughs> sense of like, is he finally going to show Craig. up? But here's someone who entered the UFC, I think with a lot of potential and a lot of high hopes. A lot of people were wanting to see certain things from him. But even though he's been, he he would win, there was something a little underwhelming about some of his yeah. performances. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I pointed that out. So I don't mean to dog him. But uh, what about the co-main event, the welterweight fight between Michael Morales and Jake Matthews? Uh, Michael Morales is opening as a minus 258 favorite. Jake Matthews, a plus 210 underdog. You know, Michael, not a lot of people know Michael Morales. You know, he's another fighter out of uh, Ecuador, aside from his uh, Ecuadorian brother, uh, Marlon Chido Vera. Uh, he's 15-0. and 0. 
don't really know too much about him. Jake Matthews, you know, he was a really high touted prospect way in the beginning of his career. You know, he had a couple of unfortunate uh, losses, but, you know, he's taken, you know, he's, he hasn't taken too much time off, which is good, but he's also haven't, hasn't fought a lot in the last, you know, four years. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Michael Morales kind of shocks it and he, he takes the finish probably within the first, I say within three, I, I say the third round, he, he, mm. he stops mm. him. You know, in the, uh, the striking department, Michael Morales lands more strikes per minute than Jake Matthews. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of uh, absorbed significant strikes, he absorbs more than Jake Matthews oh, as well. Oh. Jake Matthews' defense is rated at 60%. Wow. So this, this is going to be compelling. This is going like to be it. compelling. I think, um, you know, I don't think it's going to go too much into the grappling. Michael Morales' takedown defense is rated at 91%. Jake Matthews at 61%. So if you see them grappling, it's going to be mostly a standing clinch and usually probably as a result of somebody maybe getting tired just holding on <laughs> until they get broken up. I'm just kidding. I'm just talking shit, guys. I'm going to go with Michael Morales here. Nice. Uh, the minus 258 is hard to overlook and plus the amount of significant strikes he lands per minute. I think it's it's, it's a large enough margin where I think he could do damage to Jake Matthews even though his defense is technically rated higher. Uh, what about uh, Jordan Levitt making his return a uh, lightweight fight versus Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper, who looks like he's 12 years old, um, but he, the 12 year old, is a minus 245 favorite. Jordan Levitt, plus 200 underdog. What do you think, Sean? You know, Jordan Levitt was the guy that fought uh, Patty Pimblett not, and ended up losing by rear naked choke. You know, he, in his last fight, he actually finished some guys. So, I mean, Jordan Levitt's got the skills. Chase Hoover, his yeah. striking hasn't looked good. Uh, ever since he got into the UFC, you know, he takes a lot of punishment. So if Jordan Levitt can establish his uh, dominance early on, I think Chase Hooper folds. You know, Chase Hooper is known to use his submissions to his advantage, but that's not going to mean anything if he can't get him down. So I'm going to go with Jordan Levitt. I think uh, Jordan takes in three round decision. I'm going to go with Chase Hooper here by finish. And one of the reasons why is because, you know, Jordan Levitt's a smart fighter. However, I just think he's just missing the requisite amount of athleticism mm. that's required to like hang in this division. I think Agreed. I'm like, I'm a big fan of your, for your technical person, but dude, at this level in MMA, you just house, you, it just, you have to be fast and strong. You just have to be fast and strong. Yeah. And I just, I think like Jordan Levitt just doesn't have that type of engine to keep up with some of these these other folks. So I'm going to go with Chase Hooper, even though he looks like he, you know, just got off the school bus from his seventh yeah. grade uh, poetry recital. Uh, <laughs> any other fights on this card you, you're looking for? Yeah, to? so they got a dime piece fight. Uh, Luana Pinheiro versus Amanda Hibas. That should be a Amanda good fight. Amanda Hibas is a minus 298 favorite. I mean, that might be just an easy money one for her. Wait a minute, though. So people don't remember. So Luana Pinheiro... She was on the contender series and she beat Stephanie Frosto, local, local, uh, talent here in the Bay area. And she smashed her, you know, Luana Pinero is a really good judo uh, practitioner as well. So she's got enough to put someone on the ground. I think 
Luana probably has more power than Amanda Hibas does, even though Amanda Hibas uh, fancies herself as a Muay Thai fighter. I'm going to go with Pinero, man, just because uh, I've seen what she can do. And Amanda Hibas, she's, she takes a lot of punishment nowadays. So we're going to see if she's, she's corrected those flaws. I'm going to go with Amanda Hibas. She's coming off a loss. So she, I think she's fighting with her back against the wall. In terms of answering Pinero's grappling, uh, Reba, Hibas is grappling. Her takedown defense is rated 80, 88%, whereas Pinero's takedown accuracy is at 50%. I think it could be nullified there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Amanda Hibas on this one. Yeah. We'll bet some tequila on it. There you go. <laughs> uh also, th- this weekend, man, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Yep. Uh, you know, one is always back with their stuff. One Friday fights 41 over, again, Lumpini Boxing Stadium in Bangkok. Also this Friday, again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, 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 Fairtex fight promotion is happening. A local area fighter, uh, Punta Rica, Powell, also known as Soma, making her pro debut over there. Uh, so good luck with that. And, uh, we also got to talk about, uh, some of the grappling that's, that's going on uh, this weekend. I believe there's the crown for IBJJF. There's like a four man, uh, heavyweight, uh, bracket for that. Really? I think there's also a, f- a fight to win. That's also taking place this weekend. And yeah. And then that's about it. Unless I'm missing anything else in the combat sports world, dude. No, I think that's it. Well, also this weekend is also um, this, I believe, hold on. So this Saturday, we're talking local, all out uh, fight promotions. That's uh, amateur Muay Thai. So I mentioned earlier, our friend from uh, Pacific Reports, Arion, uh, is going to be fighting for a title. Uh, this one is a, actually a, a fight that we, a lot of us in the scene have been looking forward to for a while. He's going to be fighting uh, Juan Andrade from China. Kyle Muay Thai in uh, Richmond. Uh, so this one's going to be a good fight. Nice. And then also this Sunday is uh, the U.S. Open uh, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in uh, San Jose. I've got two teammates from Colhaldo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that will be nice. competing. Um, it is uh, Mira Marquez, you have a blue belt, and uh, our buddy uh, Jose, who will be, uh, who's a black belt. He's going to making, he's making his return to competition. Uh, that's this Sunday in San Jose. So good luck to the team. Is this a, is this a gi tournament or is it both? Yeah, this is, this is a gi tournament. That's okay. why you kind of sneered. That's why you kind of like, uh, rolled your eyes at <laughs> I me when I was talking about it. You're just like, Oh, you guys are rolling around and wrestling pajamas. in your pajamas, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> why do we call it pajamas? It's a gi, son. Okay, it's a gi. Gi, gi, okay? can't sleep in it. It's gi. keeps you warm. Okay. <laughs> Stop hating. <laughs> Stinks. No. Uh, um, what's the rest of your week looking like, bud? Uh, just hoping that the Niners uh, win again this weekend. and uh, That's always fun, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking back. of like sports, you check out... Um, you know, Draymond Green uh, putting <laughs> a chokehold on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> they called it a headlock. Come on, dude. It said, it kept calling it a headlock. I was looking. It's like, that looks like a palm to palm Rudy yeah, choke to me. <laughs> yeah. For real, man. He had a palm to palm going. He was dragging his ass down. Then of, course, of course, all the jo- 
Of course, all the jokes would be like, you know, they shouldn't suspend them because really it was more of a crank as opposed to a joke. <laughs> By God, the way, if any nerd. of you guys out there have like jujitsu friends, if you really want to upset them, you know, have them kind of choke you and t- look them in the eye afterwards. And say, you know, that was more of a crank, not much of a choke. God damn it. Did you send that to me? Somebody sent that to me. There's a, there was like a meme I, I, I that sent that, that, that to me. I sent that picture picture of like Draymond choking Rudy Gobert to a lot of people. So I, I might've sent you something. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude. It's good stuff. What about you, good man? Stuff. What's your weekend like? Oh, so, uh, tomorrow I'm teaching, uh, got some Muay Thai sparring as well. Going to do some Nogi Jiu-Jitsu so that you stop teasing me about go. wearing pajamas. And then also tomorrow night at the Irish cultural center here in San Francisco, uh, down on Slope Boulevard, there's going to be some professional wrestling. What? So if you guys aren't doing anything, uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the Irish Cultural Center, uh, holler at your boy. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with some homies. I'm going to check out some local professional wrestling. Uh, Saturday over at Hapkido Yosei, we got um, a belt promotion. So we got some kids testing for the next belt. We're excited about that. And then we're going to do a uh, instructor workshop afterwards. So we've got some new instructors. We want to make sure everyone's doing well, um, get everyone on the same page, making sure that we can give the best possible uh, class experience over at Hapkido USA. Nice, man. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore and yours, Carlo. Hopkey one on Instagram. Shout out to everyone that competed over the weekend. Uh, shout out to my team, Magala Jiu-Jitsu in San Francisco. Shout out to uh, Fight Culture in Daly City, Omni Movement in Hercules, and FTCC in Las Vegas. Hey, I'm over at Hopkido USA. We're with our Coljado Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Again, another shout out to our friends and fam at Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. And also shout out to our friend Sensei Jonathan Rojas over at Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. His school just recently went, um, finished a renovation oh. and a remodel. So um, can't wait to see. Super it. excited! Yeah, I'm super excited to visit and see see the new look. Uh, Sensei John's school is doing great. And so, if, again, if you guys are in that area looking for some great martial arts, uh, check out Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Nice. Take care, guys. We got some good fights over the weekend. Uh, look out for that Bellator fight. I think it's tomorrow, right, Carlo? That's right. So, we got MMA Friday and Saturday. And then Niners on the Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, one o'clock, one o'clock. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. Peace. Peace.